This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Week 15 is a wrap in black and gold land, and we are inside black and gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak, a winning post-game podcast. Saints taking down the New York Giants 24-6, ending... New York's three-game win streak. The Saints have now won two in a row. And hey, hey, Jeff, we are at 507 and seven. Two in a row. Take and this, it. And, you know, this game kind of went the way I thought it would go, believe it or not. Because I, I said like all day, like this is a bad Giants team. I'm going to play some audio in a second to prove that to you. But yeah, so we're going to get into it. It's going to be kind of our normal post-game pod, except I want to talk kind of more about like the big picture stuff this first segment. Second segment, we'll get into what did work, what didn't work. I want to talk more about Derek Carr in this first segment, though, because you know there's a lot to talk about with Derek Carr, and let's let's do it. And then the final segment's going to be a mailbag. So if you have questions, comments, whatever, throw them in there. I I like to think that it's not going to be exclusively bench Derek Carr, fire everybody, but you know I I've learned not to get my hopes up uh, for that sort of thing. So I'm we'll expecting see. a lot of they beat a bad team, relax. Yeah, sure, sure. Except, like, it's not a given that you beat the bad teams. Just ask the Falcons. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All I heard was like, ah, oh, they beat the they beat the Panthers, but everyone can beat the Panthers. Well, apparently not. Because <laughs> the Falcons, I mean, it's like, how do you get your head coach fired, right? Like, I'm sure there's there's a decent number of Saints fans that wish they had done what the Falcons did. Because I think 
when you're in the position that Arthur Smith is in and then you lose nine to seven to a one in 12 football team. Yeah. I mean, you look at what happened with Brandon Staley, right? With the, with the chargers. I mean, you, you will be 63 to 14 or something like that. Like that's how you get a coach fired. And the funny thing is the saints have had that opportunity. They had a chance. <laughs> They, they they had it right in front of them. They were down 21 nothing in the first quarter to the to the Lions. That is the perfect setup for we're losing 63 to 14 and getting and our and our head coach is fired, right? But right. they chose not to do that. And I think that's kind of telling. Um, but so to to kind of give you some insight, if you didn't listen to first take this morning, uh, this is kind of the exasperated take I had. As someone who knows the Giants well about what I needed the Saints. To to, <laughs> to, 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 do. Now we're on the bet 365 first take and Jeff. We're doing it. Man, three consecutive home games after that seemed like a drought of being here. Now it's like, man, oh man, when, when are we going to play on the road again? Yeah. Well, there's only, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that coming in. There's only two home games left, including this one. Pretty like, wild, this season, right? as, as frustrating as, as, as it has been at points, it flew by. I mean, this is the home stretch. This is the you do it or you don't. <laughs> the nitty gritty part of the year, right. right? And you got the Giants coming in. You got the the Tommy Cutlet story, right? You got the thirty second ranked passing offense in the <laughs> NFL. Like I don't care how excited everyone is about Tommy DeVito. This is the number thirty two passing offense in the NFL. This is not an offense <laughs> that you should be scared of in any way. This is an offense you should dominate. It's an offense that a lot of teams have dominated. The Saints need to win this game. What is scary, though? <laughs> Darren Waller is back. Ah, give me that. He's, <laughs> Darren Waller is a shell of Darren Waller. If you're using Darren Waller as the reason the Saints should be qu- shaking in their boots about this. No, this is a bad team. Go beat a bad team. I just think this is a game that, you know, if the Saints want to be taken seriously over the final month of the season, they, at- they can't make this into a barn burner. I agree with me. Like, that's what this game was, right? This, this was a team that wants to believe that it's a good contending football team. Maybe not the Super Bowl favorite, but a team that should feel like it's a playoff team going up against a bad team that has beaten a couple bad teams and one decent team. <laughs> that's also probably kind of bad at the end of the day in the Packers, right? And that's what it looked like today. That's what it was, right? That's Tommy DeVito was in over his head. The Giants offensive line couldn't block, right? They didn't have the playmakers. Even Saquon Barkley, I, he did nothing. Um, and so like the Saints, no, they're not perfect, but they did what I needed them to do today to give me some semblance of confidence that they might be able to pull this thing off, Right. And the fact of the matter is, you still control your own destiny with three games left in the season. All you have to do is go out and win them. And I don't know what you look for as a football fan, but that to me, that's exciting. To me, that's something that you should be excited about. And I think the fans in the I stadium, drama, right? I think the fans in the stadium today, they were in. It was it was sketchy at first. They had that first three and out. There was some booze. There was some booze. I heard them. But, uh, you know, they got on board quick. And there was a lot of Giants fans in that building. There was a lot of blue, but you didn't hear from them at all. (laughs) And I don't know why. I guess maybe that blue not sticking out as much as when when Detroit visited. That was really uh, eye-popping, I guess, when you watch the stands. To me, it wasn't like I I noticed a a slew of Giants fans. I, I were aware they were here, though. Well, I noticed them more prior to the game. Because 
they were there early, right? Sure, um, yeah. But I think if things went a certain way, you would have noticed the Giants fans because they would have been loud. But because they just you kind of took their soul away. I mean, yeah. they scored six points, and they were. You could argue that you know the first one was it was gifted to them that first drive on a on an actual penalty on JT right. Gray kind of running into Jamie Gillen, which I've never understood. It's like so if you get a block, you can do whatever you want. You could murder the guy. It's not a penalty, <laughs> but if you right. miss, which is like he was an inch away from getting the block, but if you miss, it's a penalty. So it's like yeah, it's such a weird kind of risk reward thing of trying to block a punt. Um, but like that was the right call. And so they end up getting three points on that. Then they end up getting another three points on one of the worst calls I've ever seen. You're going to have that hit on like teach tape in, in a couple months. Like they're going to be like, this is how you should tackle people. Don't worry. They flagged it, but it's not wrong. Anyway, uh, he got called. He got a flag for tackling. And, you know, that was the other drive that ended in points that Jamie Gillen, the punter. <laughs> made a field goal. Yeah. That that was effectively a shutout when you really think about it. Like the Saints defense basically shut out the Giants in that game. And thankfully the loudest booing on the game was for the refs in that because of that yeah. call. And who, 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 who I feel like I hear someone else got involved in that and just Oh yeah, the press box you could hear boos raining down from the Cajun Cannon. He was definitely not pleased. He thought the fix was in. Oh, you're just trying to help New York out. It's the New York market. <laughs> conspiracies yes <laughs> oh god i mean that was terrible and in a close uh, game man that's bad there, there's nothing on replay to look at that i just find that bizarre too i mean come on yeah it's just like these calls aren't that difficult what so you know it's funny because we're gonna yeah i guess we could talk about that here but like they go on like they, that call was made because of the sound Right. Yeah. Like when that call gets made, it's because he got hit hard and you heard a pop. And so they're going to assume it's helmet to helmet. And he went in trying to get a hit. But it's like you can't call stuff based on a sound because because if you watched it, if you saw it, there's no way you thought that was an illegal hit. It's just like it. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Like, I guess it's like because he went for a hit at all instead of just kind of wrapping him up, knowing that he had 20 yards to go. I think that's what it ended up being, right? Is like Alante went to give give him a big hit rather than just being like, meh, you know? <laughs> I did a hand motion. If you're listening to this on the podcast version, there was a hand motion there. I kind of, like a, like a, like a pouring a pitcher, kind of placing him on the ground. But it is funny because throughout the game, there were several moments. There were like you sacked the quarterback seven times, didn't get called for roughing. That was one of my huge highlights. I was like, wow, this team is so good at not getting to the quarterback, taking him down, and not getting flagged for it, though. I was like, I was that was hella impressive this game for sure. Well, I mean, and it, you go back and watch those sacks, and it's not by accident. Like there was <laughs> yeah. multiple times where they had them and they were ready to kind of throw them down, but then they kind of just rolled off. Like they were at least, and it's like, that's a good, that's just coaching. That's, that's good tech. That's good technique in modern NFL where they will call you if you do anything. And honestly, like that's pretty impressive. I agree with you that they were able to avoid any penalties. The only penalty they got called for an unnecessary roughness was a terrible one. And it had nothing to do with the court. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that 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 was definitely good that the, to see the sack brigade back. Uh, let's hope this is a trend that continues. Agreed. You know, and uh, so 
I, I thought the atmosphere was pretty cool. It was nice because I haven't seen that in the Superdome in a while. Um, and that includes like last year, right? Like it's just, it's been a while since the Saints put on a show in the Superdome for the fans where it wasn't like the entire game. You were just a giant ball of stress. You were just, you know, having a good time. And obviously it was seven to six at halftime, but it didn't feel like that. And it did like in, in that first drive of the third quarter to come out and for the uh. long drive for a touchdown. And then it was like, you know, you have the field goal and it kind of felt like 11 points. Uh, if it wasn't for that other game that they had an 11 point lead, you'd be like, ah, they can't blow this. Um, but I, I talked to Keith Kirkwood after the game and uh, I thought what he had to say was interesting because, because Keith, you know, people kind of forget probably that he's, he was here in 2018. Like he knows what the atmosphere is like when things are rocking in the dome, right? Like he was here for, he caught a touchdown in a playoff game. That was the last touchdown he caught. Was was in twenty eighteen. Perfect segue into it, right? That was the last freaking yeah. time he caught a touchdown. Twenty nineteen in the playoffs, technically, because it was yeah. that Eagle game against the Eagles. He caught a touchdown. I think he got hurt in that game because I don't think he played. Um, and the the rest of I think it was the uh, Vikings. So that was oh that was the NFC Championship year, because uh, that was twenty eighteen. But uh, this is what um, oh you know what? None of my clips uploaded, so I'm just gonna do this again in real time. Just bear with me here. But yeah, so I, I I talked to Keith Kirkwood in the locker room. You know, if you if you've never gotten a chance to sit down and talk to Keith Kirkwood, like he is one of the easiest guys to root for. He's so positive all the time, um, and so like that's why I'm a Keith Kirkwood fan because I've gotten the chance to just kind of sit sit and talk to the guy. Um, and uh, this is what he had to say. I think everybody on this offense is starting to just believe. Just believe in one another and plan for one another. And, you know, we just qu- keep continue to quiet the outside noise because at the end of the day, it's just all of us in this locker room. And it ultimately shows. Derek said it's what would you make different today? today and- oh, with Derek? Yeah. You know what I love about Derek? He quiets the noise. He doesn't He doesn't care about what the outside thinks. He only cares about what the guys in the locker room feel. And every single day he shows up to work and you see, what it did, well, you see the outcome today. I mean, if you start to let that uh, dictate your your gameplay, then ultimately bad things will happen, right? But at the end of the day, he comes comes in and works every single day. He puts in the work and he displays it on Sunday. And I kind of mentioned touch on the touch on, but when like, did it feel that long to you since you like, or do you, is that something you just kind of get used to? Like, did, like, it's just every day. I just felt like I was just in practice. That's it. I just come every single day, willing to work and just do my job and execute, and it all turned out to be for the better. This this feel a little bit more like some of those 2018 games. It sure did. It sure did. The atmosphere fear of the crowd just constantly every single time we were in the red zone being able to score put points up it's just unbelievable feeling the energy the intensity everybody in the locker room i mean on the sideline just it was just unbelievable feeling it definitely felt like 18 like i talked about before yeah i think when we talked about the season you said like this offense kind of has a swagger to it yes i think at points this year it was fair to say well where is yeah that? yeah um because kind of feel like you're getting back to that a little bit yeah 100 i don't think anybody on this offense lost face in what we have going and what we have brewing um yeah there was ups and downs and obviously we wanted to continue to climb on a hill um, but at the end of the day we all stuck together and we still continue to do what we have to do and just execute and that's what happened today and that's why we were able to have so much success on offense As someone who's been watching this game this team all season, yes. to see Jimmy Graham get in the end of mm. three weeks in a row mm. it kind of feels almost like a, like a I don't know, like a 
we're better than you, moment. Yes. No, you know one thing about Jimmy. You know, I, I get, I, I get it. Right, he was inactive a couple weeks, but Jimmy came to work every single day and still put the work in, and it showed. And and he didn't let the negativity of people saying, "Oh, we need to put Jimmy Graham and change who he is." He's still Jimmy Graham. So at the end of the day, you throw him in the red zone, he's going to catch passes and score touchdowns. And we're starting to see that. We're trusting in him, and we're also just trusting in this offense. And great things are happening. So I'm excited. It's a short week, but we're going to come back on Thursday and do the same thing. Yes, sir. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The, 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 The thing I was trying to go for there was like, because we're better than you and we know it. (laughs) Globo Jim. I I don't know if people get that reference. It's a dodgeball reference, but... Uh, but that's kind of like when Jimmy Graham catches a touchdown, you're just like, yeah, okay, we win. <laughs> We're going to win. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, it's really odd just though. I mean, you don't want to live in the past kind of deal, but really, like, what what the heck was – what was the deal? Why wasn't Jimmy around uh, for that stretch? Because, man, oh, man – uh, he's have he's on a hell of a heater right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'm gonna live in the now, Steve. I'm gonna live in the now. Um, but <laughs> you know, so it's funny. One of our coworkers, we were talking like she puts prop bets in on Jimmy Graham. She has won like twenty three hundred dollars on prop bets on Jimmy Graham because the last two games she has bet uh, Jimmy Graham anytime touchdown and also Jimmy Graham last touchdown. And so the Saints wow. not scoring another touchdown. So like she, she won like sixteen hundred dollars on prop bets because of Jimmy Grant touchdowns. Which man, why wasn't I doing that this whole time? And I know if I start now, he's not going to catch a touchdown the rest of the season because that's just how it works. And I don't want to do that to Saints fans. Um, but no, I just think the 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 atmosphere in the dome, the confidence level from everybody involved in this game, I think it showed. Like I think you saw it at every level. Um, and and we can pretend the Giants are terrible, right? Which which they are. They're not a good football team, but they were they're a league average team probably that was playing decent football. And at the end of the day, it's like their offense is kind of in shambles, particularly on the offensive line. That's a pretty good defense. Like that's not a defense that is going to roll over. But the Saints were able to out execute them today, and I think that's what stood out. Like they they didn't get any turnovers, right? The Saints didn't give the ball away. You didn't. You only allowed one sack. Right. That pressure that we were talking about all week didn't get home. You know, you ran a a lot of play action. You didn't get a lot over the top, but you were able to get a lot of good chunk plays. You got everyone involved. Ten players caught passes. And, you know, I just I think the old offense was back. It felt like there with with everyone involved. Well, that's what the offense is supposed to like. That was the idea, right? That was you were like, this is going to be an offense where you have all of these playmakers and you get them involved. And it was just we haven't seen it. And I almost think not having Chris Olave in this game, not going to say it was helpful, but it did. And this Derek Carr said this, it kind of forced them to work the ball around and, and, and kind of find ways to generate off of the other guys. And, you know, whether it's Keith Kirkwood, A.T. Perry, Lynn Bowden, you had five different guys 
have 30 plus passing yards. Keith obviously didn't have 30 plus passing yards, but five different players in the Saints offense had over 30 yards receiving. Um, and yeah, and I mean, uh, I do think it's interesting. You know, Chris Olave was a game time decision. It it always kind of felt like, uh, you know, it's gonna it's it's like you play on Thursday, right? It's like if you're gonna have a guy gut through something, are you better off having a, a 60% Chris Olave twice or? a 85% Chris Olave once in a game that you probably need the offense to win. And uh, DA basically said that, and this is a, I asked him about that after the game. My, my plan was see where he was at this morning. Um, if he felt good enough, I was going to get him out on the field and work him out. Um, and I think, you know, as we, as he got here this morning, um, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he felt like he was going to be able to go out and, do the things that he needed to do to be effective. And, you know, particularly with us playing a Thursday night game, you know, trying to get him healthy and getting back, you know, in, in for that game, I thought kind of went into that decision a little bit. And so I think that's where you are, right? Like you knew that you probably could get it done today without him. It wasn't worth forcing it just to have a decoy out on the field. And hopefully you can get a, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent, but something close to that, on Thursday in a game where the Rams are a team that you're going to have to keep pace with. They're going to score. You're not going to have this type of, you know, the last two weeks you've haven't a lot of touchdown. I don't think that's going to be the case on Thursday. You're going to have to score and you're going to have to keep up with this team. And having Chris is a lot more important for that game, in my opinion. So I think they, they handled this well. They kept the illusion alive as long as possible. Uh, and they didn't make a bad decision in the end of the day. No, Stafford and the Rams offense is going to be a lot scarier for sure. Obviously, uh, the more accomplished quarterback and the way that that offense has been humming of late with the run game and, you know, Cup is healthy. You got Puka Nakua over there. So they they got a nice little set of weapons to deal with. And I don't know. It's like you feel like this Rams franchise is just a ingrained rivalry forever and ever because of the Nola no call, like it or not. Yeah, see, I don't. I disagree. I, I just I, I see Sean McVay and I get aggravated. See, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't because it wasn't them, <laughs> right? Like I think there's a much more, I don't know, kind of personal rivalry with Minnesota. Like if you're looking, oh, for sure, at a playoff rivalry because the Rams didn't. It's not the Rams' fault. Like they, they were just the beneficiary of one of the worst no calls of all time, but it's not like they, they did anything that was like, you know, he just, he, he fouled intentionally, right? Like they, that's just a play. It's supposed to be called. Right. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I like that. I thought that would be the case when they went out to LA in 2019, but I didn't get, I didn't feel it. I, I don't know. I, I just don't see that as being a rivalry. Uh, whereas like the 49ers. Yes. I, I get that. I feel like the 49ers, even though it was not a playoff game, and you but you just had those in-season games where, like, uh, I think Raheem Moster did, did, like, the whole, like, voodoo thing or whatever. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, it's a big game, but I just don't – I don't feel I, – I don't feel that there's a rivalry there personally. I could be wrong. Maybe people I, – I have extreme dislike for McVay. I won't say I hate the guy, but um... – yeah, somebody put – oh, there we go. Rose City put up there. Has a punchable face. Totally agree. He's one of those people. And I know there's someone in the Saints media corps that you know has that punchable face. McVay's like that dude for me too. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to start guessing.
<laughs> oh man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I had confidence, Steve. I didn't say anything. <sighs> We're just okay. talking about punchable faces. Yeah. But no, I mean like and I know people are gonna be like, don't celebrate a seven and seven season. Like I know someone said that, but like it's, it feels a lot better than six and eight. I mean, it's I, I predict my prediction at the beginning of the season was ten and seven. So like seven losses to me is like, yeah, that's what I thought was gonna happen. I didn't know I didn't think it was gonna be this way, right? But like if you can win these final three games and get to ten and seven, to me, that's like well, well personally. That was what I was expecting. So I don't I don't know. It's like at what point is it just a season of football where you kind of rode the roller coaster and are you gonna finish on a high? Because in that case, fine. I mean, you just had your best offensive performance in terms of efficiency of the season. Like if if every game had looked like this, you would have been like, This is this is a fantastic success story. Right. Yes. Like I get that it hasn't, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at this and be negative about it, just because like it's it, people want that to be true. There, I don't know. There are small things you can nitpick. Are we gonna be doing? Uh, where are we going with this? Or like what we didn't like? That what we did like? You know, I don't know if like the next like the next segment should I save something kind of thing. We can do whatever you want, Steve. But. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, if you're going to nitpick, obviously, to me, the one negative in the game for me was the lack of a run game still. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take. Well, let's let's talk about it. We've been on here for 20 minutes already. Yeah. So let's let's close out this segment, and we'll come back, and we'll do the what did slash what didn't work. Again, we're going to have a mailbag in the back end, so if you have comments, questions, whatever, uh, throw them in there, and we'll get to them. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. The Saints won! Hooray! 24 to 6. Tied with the Bucks. Like we can we can be we can complain all we want. We're not this the team Falcon. has outscored its opponents 50 52? 52 to 12? <laughs> the last two weeks, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> so we will get into it. Uh this is Inside Black and Gold again. Follow us on Twitter at Saints underscore pod. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Noah. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL. Check out the latest news notes and analysis on WWL.com. We will be right back. <laughs> 